Verses 1 to 9. Can we have the message version, please? O Israel, come back. Return to your God. You are down, but you're not out. Prepare your confession and come back to God. Pray to Him. Take away our sin. Accept our confession. Receive as restitution our repentant prayers. Assyria won't save us. Horses won't get us where we want to go. We will never again say our God to something we made or made up. You are our last hope. It is not true that in you the orphan is it not true that in you the orphan finds mercy? I will heal their waywardness. I will love them lavishly. My anger is played out. I will make a fresh start with Israel. He will burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. He will put down deep oak tree roots. He will become a forest of oaks. He will become splendid like a giant sequoia. His fragrance like a groove of cedars. Those who live near him will be blessed by him. Be blessed and prosper like golden grain. Everyone will be talking about them, spreading their frame as the vintage children of God. Ephraim is finished with gods that are no gods. From now on, I'm the one who answers and satisfies him. I'm like a luxuriant fruit tree. Everything you need is to be found in me. If you want to live well, make sure you understand all of this. If you know what's good for you, you'll learn this inside out. God's path gets you to where you want to go. Right living people walk them easily. Wrong living people are always tripping and stumbling. Praise the Lord. You may please be seated in the name of the Lord. Pastor Lufem Paul. Yes, can we celebrate? Can we celebrate our senior pastor? You know, when you when you see a man that releases his pulpit like he does, that's the that's the picture of a man with a big heart. The Lord bless you, sir. One of the things I learned early in my Christian walk with God is to recognize that anytime I stand before people like this, I want to make it clear that I am not competent of my own but my competence is of God who has made us able ministers of the new covenant not of the letters because the letters kill but of the spirit because the spirit given life today we'll be talking about fix, fixing men and fixing the world we want to fix men and by extension we fix the world all through the week, I sat down and I was searching the scriptures. And I was going through so many, you know, from one generation to another, from one epoch to another. And I went through the lives of so many men of God who affected their world. So many people. 
And you know, to state it very clearly, men are very, very important and very crucial in the plan of God. Men are so important to God that the Bible says he looked at him and felt, no, this guy can't be alone. I'll create a help me for him. That's how important good men are. And so I looked at him. A lot of people in the Bible, a lot of men. I looked at the lives of Moses. I looked at Daniel. And then I went to look at Nehemiah. And you know when, what interested me about Nehemiah was the battles that he had to contend with. And yet he didn't give up. I remember when, when, when Sambalat and Tobiah came. He stood there like the rock of Gilberta. And then I went to look at Gideon. I looked at Joshua. When God was telling Joshua, be strong, be of a good courage, just be strong. Little did Joshua know that he would fight 31 nations before getting to where he was going. Go and count it. 31 battles until he got to where he was going. And yet all, was God, all God was telling him, be strong, be of a good courage. And then I looked at the lives of the three Hebrew men. You know, those ones interested me particularly. They told King Nebuchadnezzar. He said, we, they said, we will not bow down before this your God. And let it be clear to you that our God will deliver us. And in case he chooses not to deliver us, we will still not bow. I don't know if we still have those kind of men around today. Let me make it clear. I have not come to speak to you or to talk to you. I have come to speak to us and to talk to us. Because for whatever it is, all of us are in this together. Praise the Lord. Very quickly, I want to go on to look at the, the duties of men that will perhaps, if we get it right at that point, will help us to fix the world. Our world, as I look at it, I don't want us to go too far. If we are talking about the world, we'll be going too far. Let's talk about our country, our nation. If we fix the men in this country, our country, I can assure you, will be fixed. Our first duty as a, as a man is to our spouse and to our family. Men are duty bound to provide the basic necessities of life for their wives and children, including ensuring that the family has proper shelter, clothing and food, not to mention access to adequate health care. Men are expected to love and respect their wives. The Lord will help us as men. Number one duty is to our spouse and to our families. When we fix the family, we would have succeeded in fixing 70-80% of the problems of this country. A lot of the problems that we have in the country today are because the homes are not what they ought to be. You have children who wake up in the morning, they rush out because they have to fend for themselves. 
You have children that have to not only fend for themselves, they fend for the family. That's not the original design of God. The Bible says, I'm not quoting verbatim, now talks of a man that does not provide for his house. He says he has denied faith and is worse than an infidel. I pray for men today. Let me remove my glasses. All of the men, I know what we are contending with. Because even I as a person, I contend with certain things. And for us to be real husbands in the true sense of the word, for us to be real fathers in the sense of the word, so many things have to happen. And so I pray for all the men. By virtue of what we celebrate today, the Father's Day, the Lord will enlarge your coast. He will enlarge your territory. He will expand your frame. No longer would you go a borrowing. No longer would you go a sorrowing. In the name of Jesus. I think it was yesterday while we were having the men's program. That one of us, I think it was Minister Bowell that said, If you don't even have money, it becomes a problem as a man. I know so many homes today that are not what they ought to be because the father who is supposed to be the, the minister in charge of the family is not living up to expectation. I pray today your latter days will be greater than the former. One of, the, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible I say this everywhere. It says I've been young now I am old. Said all kinds of things I've seen in life. One thing I've never seen. That is the righteous forsaken. No seed begging bread. I say to all the men today. You will not be forsaken. You will not beg bread. Whatever it takes. For you to be the man in the house. The Lord will endow you with it. I can dwell on that for a long time, but I don't want to stay beyond my 20 minutes. Our second duty is our duty to our country. Men are obligated to observe and promote the laws of the land. Men are reservedly and religiously to obey the laws of the land. Be good citizens by being a good son, a good father, a good brother, a good friend, and a good husband. Somebody was asking me, are there good friends any longer? The Yorubas will even tell you, Peko, see, Alajobimo, Alajobiloa. You know, so many things have gone wrong. We were talking about doing business together yesterday. Can you even do business with a friend? That's how deep we have sunk as a nation. And so, Lord, our duty, one of our second duty is to our country. Fix yourself and fix this country. Men, we need to arrive. We don't want, we, we shouldn't leave all these things to people out there. I said it yesterday and I'm going to say it again today. And I say it everywhere without any apology. I really don't think that the president, Dwari, is our problem. I don't think so. I think if all of us, I remember so many years ago, Pastor Yom's was preaching here. And he said the greatest problem we have in this country is not even corruption. The greatest problem we have is impunity. If I'm, I, I'm right. That's what Pastor Young said here. 
It's because people do things and get away with it. There's nothing to serve as a deterrent. And that's why things have gone haywire. Even men that are seated here, everybody here, to give a bribe is a sin. To take a bribe is a sin. So if all the men in here, if we will choose to do the right things and pass it down, I think this country will be better than we are meeting it. The Lord will help us. Our third duty, of course, these things are not arranged in any particular order. Our third duty is our duty to God. And you know what? This is encapsulated in the Ten Commandments. We have, I don't want us to go through it because of time. Exodus 22 to 17, Deuteronomy 5, 6 to 21. Men are duty bound to worship God in spirit and in truth in honesty and to do to others what you have others do unto you. The Bible says a time is coming and now is the time when they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. I don't know. Do we still have true worshippers? Do we still have true worshippers? That's a rhetorical question. I leave it with you. Of course, I know we have true worshippers. But I don't, want, I don't want a congregational answer. My question by inference is, are you, as an individual, are you a true worshipper? Do you worship God in spirit and in truth? You know, I, I, as Christians, I, I was thinking about this earlier this morning when I woke up to reflect on this. And... Um, Something dropped in my spirit that a lot of us as Christians, we just hold the form of religion, but we deny the power thereof, just like the Bible says. So many times, when we are faced with situations, we would have written off the situation ourselves. And yet we keep just keep mouthing, God will do it. God will do it. Deep down in your heart, you have written off the situation. That's not worshiping God in the spirit and the truth. But the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us. Finally, as I begin to round off this session, we need to fix ourselves before we can fix the nation. And I have so many examples. I have two examples I want to quickly give. I'm full of examples this morning, but I just have to leave it. The first person I want to talk about is the late chief for Bafemi Aulo. Some journalists took him up so many years ago before he died. And the man told them, he said, look, it is not as if I lay claim to a monopoly of wisdom. He said, but when men of my, my contemporaries, when they are busy carousing themselves with men of questionable character and ladies of easy virtue, Say, I sit at my post. I think of the problems of the nation and how to fix them. That was Chivabafimi Aulo so many years ago. Man, for us to fix this nation, for us to fix our world, we have to fix our, ourselves. If we cannot fix ourselves, what you don't have, you cannot give. In my readings again, I came across this man called Albert Einstein. I love reading biographies. 
Alvaran style. This guy, when he was going to school as a little boy, the teachers felt he was so dumb that he would be taken out of school. He was good for nothing. Somehow, the parents felt, no, we will not take this boy out of school. The boy himself grew to understand that people had written him off. And so he began to walk at it. He walked at it. He kept walking at it. He kept walking at it. Friends, during the Second World War from 1945, the Japanese had become so cocky for the Americans to handle. They had a system of warfare then called kamikaze. You know kamikaze? The pilot who entered the plane, explosives outside, explosives inside. He, he was going on a suicide mission. He had written his will, give this to this. Give this to this. Because he wasn't coming back. He will go and hit target. Bam! Everybody dies. He dies. That was kamikaze. So the Japanese were so cocky, the Americans couldn't handle them. That was when Albert Einstein the person that was considered so dull that he couldn't do anything, he walked up to the American president and said, Sir, I have a formula that would deal with the Japanese quick. The man said, Let's have it. Albert Einstein eventually drew the blueprint for the manufacture of the atom bomb that wiped off Hiroshima and Nagasaki up till today from 1945. The effects of the atom bomb is still being felt in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That was somebody that was written off. Friends, do not write yourselves off. No matter what anybody has said, I pray for all of the men in this room today. Our latter will be greater than the former. Today is what? Today is 20th? Today marks the beginning of the best days, of the rest days of your life. In the name of Jesus. Finally, finally, finally. The Bible says of Jesus. And that is exactly exemplified in the passage that we read. Jesus said, apart from me. You can't do nothing. Is that not what the Bible says? But I want us to understand English here. The Bible did not say, apart from me, you cannot do anything. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. My understanding of that, you will be able to do everything. But without Jesus, everything will amount to nothing. Can you hear that? So man, whatever it is that we do, we need to come back to Jesus. Jesus remains the source. There's nothing you can do on your own. By strength shall no man prevail. It is not of him that willeth, not of him that runneth. It is of God that showeth mercy. And as I take my exit, I leave us with this, this promise. And this promise is to all of the men. Leviticus. Can somebody give, can you give me that please? Leviticus chapter 26, just verses 9 and 10. Leviticus, Leviticus 26. 
For I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful. Multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest. Clear out the old because of the new. That's my promise. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Can we rise to our feet even as we pray?